Today I have a musician who comes from Peru and currently lives in America. He's a violinist and his name is Jesus Sainz. I think I have that correct. Is that correct, Jesus? Jesus, yes. Jesus. Yeah, okay. It's my first attempt at, you know, speaking your language and your such uh -huh. a name. So it's a pleasure to meet you because you are running currently a charity which you set up in 2020 called Musicians for the World. And looking through the description of what the charity is about, it is a story that resonates very strongly with my own heart. Now, we'll speak to that later. But first, I'd love to hear your story about music and how you got into playing the violin in Peru. How did that all happen? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Jesus Sainz, a violinist from Peru, live in New York. Well, uh, my story with the violin is uh, quite unique because I really didn't have the decision uh, to be a musician. I just was merged into it and never thought about uh, leaving it. Uh, which is different than a lot of people, you know, who have choices and all that. And I started because a friend of the family was part of the Peruvian symphony. And he started giving me lessons at an early age. Later on, I was part of the National Conservatory of Music in Peru. And I was able to perform with some of the orchestras and yeah, I was like a rising star in Peru when I was like 16, 15, until I got a scholarship to come to the U.S. And it was a life-changing experience because I realized that uh, I was uh, just one more violinist in a huge uh, space, you know. Yes, and, yeah. and that was very encouraging and challenging. And I loved that. And that's why I came to the U.S. in the first place. I completed my studies in Texas at the Christian Texas Christian University. Later on, I attended the Southern Methodist University, University of North Texas for my master's. I did a lot of school because that was the one of the only ways to stay in the U.S. And also, I really loved learning and being in school for a long time. And then later on, I moved to Boston. I attended the Boston conservatory at Berkeley, where I met Kelly, uh, the other co-founder of Musicians for the World. Right after school, we started working for Lincoln Center Stage, and we were giving chamber music performances in a cruise ship. And we finished our first contract. We were about to go on our second contract, and then COVID came. Oh, OK. And that's where Musicians for the World started, but I will leave you to ask me that question <laughs> okay i'm just wondering what is it classical music that your specialism is or is it more contemporary music like what what are you most interested in terms of genres well i was uh, classically trained but i also play a little bit of everything jazz uh, i improvise on violin i play latin music we play gigs in new york you know for events and weddings and and we have to play taylor swift and, you and do other, everything other, yeah other modern composers yes yeah yeah and when you look at your home country then of peru it has the most beautiful sound i've seen people from your country traveling around europe they play music in our towns and cities and they get a fantastic response so i'm wondering do you have a great knowledge of your 
heritage, we'll say, your musical heritage back in Peru? Actually, I became more interested in Peruvian culture as uh, I was outside Peru. For some mm -hmm. reason, uh, growing up in your own community, you don't really appreciate what you have, you know, until yeah. you go out. And also, I grew up in Lima, which is the most uh, influenced, uh, westernized uh, city uh, in Peru, I would say. So really, that what you probably hear in in in, uh, in concerts, you know, Andean music, probably, right? You're referring to Andean music. That's yes. more in the in the in the highlands uh, of Peru. Uh, okay. In Lima, we have. Uh, and their music too, but it's, there's other genres. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, I, I was exposed to Peruvian music, but or this kind of Peruvian music, but I really learned to appreciate it and, and learn more uh, about it when I actually moved out from Peru. Okay. And how is Peru now with COVID and all of that? Because, you know, the world is reopening up and we're seeing great changes now that artists are able to have events again. And, you know, there's all these you know, efforts to really bring the arts back into life, as it were, again. So how is life in Peru in that situation? Yes, uh, actually, so COVID hit Peru really badly. Um, we, we had, I don't know if we still have, but we were having the highest, uh, highest number of deaths per capita. Okay. And uh, I had uh, this situation where I lost some family members to and uh, my mom was really sick, my uncles, and I was in Peru during this time when my mom was, she almost died, and mm -hmm. I was there, and it was like a war zone, and I actually got COVID while in Peru, <laughs> while taking care of them, and uh, it, it was a, an awful situation, but because of that, uh, there is not uh, resistance to the vaccine, uh, because we all learned from, from bad experience. Yeah. Uh, so most people are vaccinated and Peru has really strict strict laws on COVID. You have to show your vaccine, uh, passport everywhere and, yeah. and all that. And, and pretty much everyone who you see in Peru, everyone has someone who has passed away. It was oh, that well, bad. That's, that's difficult. Yeah. It's challenging. Yeah. Everyone, everyone I talk to, they know an uncle, a sister, an aunt, a cousin that passed away because yeah. that many people died. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, are people, or should I say, is the country like returning to a more normal way of life now? Yes, uh, absolutely, because we have the, one of the highest uh, rates of vaccination, okay. or at least we had lately, I think it's been lacking a little bit, uh, but uh, so life is kind of uh, normal, but you still have to wear a mask uh, in, in public places and all that. And just for the listeners' information, I'm recording this interview at the end of June in 2022, so as time goes on, things could change and adjust regarding what we're speaking about now. Now, um, moving on. So you've set up a charity and it happened during the COVID pandemic. And what's really interesting here sitting at, as the host of this podcast is I'm realizing and seeing that a lot of creativity and um, new styles of presenting music is starting to come out as a result of the pandemic. And you're one of these stories where you created this charity, Musicians for the World, during the pandemic in 2020. And you say here on your website, this is a quotation from your website, 
You say here at Musicians for the World, we envision a world where opportunity is accessible to those who dream of it, no matter their geographic location or socioeconomic standing. Um, that resonates very much with a lot of people and very much I would resonate with that. So can you tell us about why you created this charity? Like what really invigorated you to create this charity? Mm -hmm. um, so it, it was kind of like how I started with the violin. We kind of merged into it. Mm -hmm. uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, of course, uh, Kelly and I, we were uh, unemployed. Yeah, like, like most musicians. And we moved to New York and we were at home. And then we started uh, giving free virtual masterclasses uh, in Peru and in Haiti, a country that uh, I visited in, in the past. Mm. And we realized that we had this ongoing music program where we give uh, masterclasses and we meet with the students uh, often and hear them and talk about violin and all that. Uh, that that's when we had the idea hey, we already have an ongoing program. Why, why don't we make it uh, official and, you know, register and make an organization uh, out of it? Yeah. And that's how Musicians for the World started. Yeah. And you also say something really interesting, and I can, you know, really see this as a major uh, passion, in a sense, to create such charity. You say on your website that in the United States, music teachers often struggle to find large, hard-working groups of students for their studios. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, there are thousands of students worldwide that are dreaming for opportunities such as these. And I mean, I suppose it's about, you know, the Western world having plenty and those who have less appreciated more. Have you found that to be true? Yeah, absolutely. And there is a reason why, you know, me and other, many other students have to leave their countries in order to pursue music because yeah. we don't have those opportunities in our countries or and we don't have not only opportunities to to live as a musician but also to to learn uh, at a really high level you know yeah. and i think i think at the end when you are young uh, when you are 15 16 you, a lot of people are probably not thinking about their financial future but they are thinking about their dreams and how much they want to sound and be amazing at what they do yeah. and, and and that encourages a lot of people to leave their communities yeah and have you found a lot of talent in the places that you've worked with students absolutely uh, actually it's been amazing uh, we found i can give you uh, two examples uh, one is uh, valentine which is this 10-year-old composer, violinist, and pianist. My goodness. And he, he is great. He's so talented. He composes, he sings, he does poetry. And I, I, he's like one of the most featured students in our website. Right. So if you want to go on, on our Peru, on our, on our YouTube channel. If you go to our YouTube channel, Musicians for the World, you can see some recordings and some of his compositions and performances of Valentin. He's like a, like an emerging genius, I believe. And mm -hmm. then also the other case is Adrian Atonia. Mm -hmm. Adrian, uh, back in, at the end of 2020, we started uh, working with the Kenyan National Youth Orchestra. 
And every week we meet with a group of violinists and cellists and basses from this orchestra. And the first time we met with them, uh, there was this student, he was probably 17 at the time, who played this really hard uh, Vinyaski uh, Capricious for violin. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, violin repertoire, but it's one of yeah. those uh, Paganini-like composers that okay. is all about showing virtuosity. And, and he played that, and everyone else was playing. Uh, uh, it was playing great, but definitely Adrian was like one Superior. of these exceptional uh, cases. Mm -hmm. And then we found out that he, he was pretty much self-taught. And, uh, and that he's been playing violin only for like five years. And uh, this is not the best part. The best part is that we had him play for a master class for one of the Boston Conservatory at Berkeley professors. And he openly invited him to apply for the school. He applied for the school and he got the presidential scholarship, which is uh, given to, I believe like one or two people in the entire school and he covered his entire tuition and his uh, housing and food. Oh, and fantastic. So, so fantastic. he doesn't say anything. Yeah. yeah. And he's coming to Boston uh, in, in August. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Fantastic. From Kenya. Kenya by From yes. Kenya. That's amazing. Yeah. And with regards to, the, we'll say, normal students, not the really ultra talented students, but the normal students that you meet, what impact has your charity had on normal students, we'll say? they are very happy because they are exposed to the very best of what there is in in classical music i remember uh, many times uh, growing up i would go i of course people didn't have a phone like you know like today uh, I, i'm talking about 2005 uh, at the, or 2004 at the national conservatory of music where i attended they had this room called uh, discotheque or something like that and all they had is like recordings and videos and and cds of famous players mm -hmm. and i would sit there and watch for hours like uh, the most amazing artists in the world maxim bengerov and all of them yeah and today because uh, of these online opportunities available they are able to actually meet these artists and play for them and interact with them and ask them questions and we're trying our best to to have artists uh, of that caliber uh, available to them. Fantastic, fantastic. And yeah. these master classes and other classes that you produce, do students have to pay for those? I mean, they're no, no, from everything areas, is, no. Our, everything is absolutely free, yeah. So is, do you accept students on an application basis or do they just sign up? So what we do is we partner with existing music programs in different communities of 14 different countries and through these programs uh, we make our program available to them so we work oh, in partnership with existing music programs yes right okay okay and how many countries do you partner with at the current time 14 14 countries that's fantastic yes, 14. so it's, it's you're really yeah. establishing a reputation how can people help you to grow this charity to help more and more students what would you like to see in the future? We would like to involve more uh, artists uh, into musicians for the world community, 
to inspire you know much more uh, students and teachers because we also have a program for for music teachers in in this place, these countries and we would like to see more countries involved and i think a community where uh, men, anyone or any music program in the world uh, can access and have an opportunity and start uh, closing this this gap you know between you know the developed countries and all the the level and tools that they have available and you know students that grow in in peru and haiti with not the same opportunities and it, it, the amazing thing is that now it's possible because of uh, the tools that we have this rediscovered during the pandemic yeah very true and i mean it seems mm -hmm. to me that you know sometimes classical music can be a bit elitist and it's a bit up there and mm -hmm. untouchable for the ordinary person who wants to try and get there mm -hmm. but you're yes. you're closing the gap and you're making connections from the guys down here will say and the performers up here you're closing the gap yes which, that's our our idea that's your yes. goal yeah that's, oh, that's our amazing. goal yes yeah that's yes, your goal so back to how do people help you in the best way possible so Every charity I speak to speaks, oh, we need donations to keep this going. You know, it's always our big concern. So how can people help you in the best way? There is many ways. Of course, donations are uh, one way. And, and we all want donations. Every charity needs donations because yes. uh, yeah. we need to, to, to support the program and to grow. But anyone can help in any way they can. Uh, of course, if they can donate our amazing uh, teachers, if they want to volunteer uh, mm -hmm. their time, we can find a way to make it work. Um, then uh, media, people, mm -hmm. press people, they can help by uh, spreading the word about us. Um, anyone who knows how to make videos or projects, you know, there is so many ways uh, to help and to be involved. And of course, donations are one of them are one of the key things yeah and, appreciate and it, yes. where can people donate is it through musicians uh for the world.org is it yeah musicians for the yeah, world.org that's our website that's yeah, your website yes, just sorry. double checking the domain there so it's musicians for the world.org and the donation button i presume is on that site yes, yes yeah i see yes, it there yeah yes. perfect mm -hmm. so it's it's really been a very interesting story and i mean there are so many wonderful people that don't have opportunities and to be able to give those opportunities and catch their hand and lift them up is the most beautiful thing to be able to do Absolutely, so yes. it's, it's a very special thing very special so mm -hmm. i wish you well with this wonderful charity and keep in touch and it's great to have you on to learn of this charity and um just to repeat your website again it's musiciansfortheworld.org and thank you very much for coming yes. on yeah, thank you so much. I want to add something before we close. Is yeah, that, uh, sure. We are, we are actually having our first uh, ever uh, in-person event. Everything has been online and uh, 20 musicians who have been involved with Musicians for the World. We are going to Peru and we're going to perform and give master classes and oh, get to really remote communities. You can all learn that from our web website at, uh, as well. Okay, and that's happening in August of this year? In August, yes. In August, lovely. Yes. And if people wanted to help you to make that even a better experience, what could they do for you? Is it just promotion course, and donations? And promotion, donations, and 
uh, if they want to, you know, even send the strings, the, you know, stuff like that. We can always take some other donations okay. uh, to Peru and help the students, of course. Right. Okay. So what you're saying is there, are, do you mean instruments? Donate instruments? instruments. We, yeah. Sometimes we donate instruments. Uh, we're actually uh, helping to send uh, about 40 instruments to Haiti. Mm -hmm. We already sent like 20 of them. We have uh, here in our living room <laughs> another group of cellos and violins. Okay. And uh, I, yeah, so so if anyone wants to donate the instrument, not only for Peru, but uh, for other countries, uh, we can uh, we can help. Yes, of course, connect with music programs and mm -hmm. and find a way. We 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 were able to send a double bass to Kenya once. Oh my God, uh, that, that yeah. story is on YouTube as well. Yeah. Okay. So in other words, check out the music for the world YouTube channel and you'll see yeah, stories yeah, there. Just, Fantastic. Exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, follow it's, us it's, on social media. Yes. And follow you on social media. And just before we complete the episode, you know, you're um, a professional artist, you're a performer. Mm -hmm. And given now that the world is in recovery and the artists are trying to get back, on the stage and do their events and so on. What do you see for the future? Because a lot has changed through the pandemic and people are seeing this whole idea of events and performance, maybe not the most secure route to take as a musician to have um, something that you can rely on as an income to keep food on the table mm -hmm. and keep the roof over your head. So what do you see the future as? For musicians some musicians are telling me that you know you have to have many fingers and many pies to keep going yeah is that your course. experience yes absolutely i think that's every musician's experience we have to do many things stage play weddings uh auditions but uh, you know i think that in difficult times uh, the the ones who are able to move forward are the most creative ones and True. there is uh, the and artists are probably the most creative people in, in the planet. So we need so them. I, I we need them. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, so, I saw it here in my own country when the arts were shut down, people's mental health went down. Mm -hmm. Where when the exactly. arts started to open up, mental health mm -hmm. is up. You know, it, yeah, we need we need the to... arts. To do it, we don't always have to play in, in like a concert hall. We can play in the park. We can play uh, for in the person's backyard, you know, online. And there is all these different things we can do. Yeah, just get yes, creative. Of course. Just get creative. Get creative. That's yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. And thank you very much for coming on. And your website again is musiciansfortheworld.org. Check out their yes. YouTube channel, donate if you can, send instruments to them if you can. And if you want to be a teacher, reach out. So, of course. Thank, thank you, you so much, much for Sylvia. coming on. Thank you for coming. Thank you, everyone. Bye bye.